welcome to Trainers Talking Truths. This is an ISSA podcast dedicated to exploring the fitness industry and uncovering the whys and hows of personal training. To do that, we'll talk directly to the industry experts and certified trainers. We'll dig into fitness programming, business tactics, nutrition, and more. You'll even hear from current training clients who offer insight from the other side. We've got the fitness industry covered, so turn up the volume and enjoy the drive. Hello, world. Welcome back for another ISSA podcast, Trainers Talking Truth. It's your co-host, Jenny, here with my favorite co-host, Dan, the man, Duran. Dan, I feel like I haven't seen you in forever. How are you? I am doing great. Thank you, Jenny. It has been a while. It has been a while. And 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 for the record, I've, I've been doing some facial, not facial, facial warm-up exercises before this episode because... <laughs> Our guest, every time I hang with this guy, my face starts to hurt from laughing so much. So I'm hoping I can kind of offset that by a little bit of movement preparation. Nice. I like it. Way to be prepared, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually super excited about the topic we're going through today because whether you work for a facility or a health club or you're working for yourself, sales is a really big part of what we do. Like it or not, right? Take it or leave it. But we still have to sell to people. And I moderate our Facebook pages and things like that. And I see people almost every day asking, how do I get new clients? How can I sell this? What should I be charging, right? Lots of questions around sales. And a lot of times that's the piece that's missed or not taught. Um, We try our best here at ISSA to make sure it's a part of all of our courses. But there are a lot of resources out there. And this guy that we've got with us, phenomenal resource. So I can't wait to share what he does And Dan, you're actually familiar with our guests. I'm going to let you do the honors. Who do we have with us today? Thank you. Thank you. Yes, we have Britt Knighton. Uh, Britt is the VP of Business Development with Camp Gladiator. That's how I got to know him. And we've had the opportunity to work together for a couple of years now. Uh, I'm going to let him do more of an introduction of, of this background and so forth. But I'm here to tell you, this is one of the kindest, sharpest, funniest guys you'll ever hear on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, that makes you feel good, dude. Thanks, man. Yeah. Now don't let us down. Don't let us down. <laughs> what Make if I'm like laugh, super dude. somber and mean? Just, just to be <laughs> silly. Just to like, you know, <laughs> to make a bespoke experience for everyone. Oh, So, you know, actually to kick us off, Britt, could you, uh, you know, tell our listeners a little bit about your background how you got into the fitness industry and how you ended up ultimately where you are now with Camp Gladiator. Yeah. Yeah. I um, grew up in uh, Texas and then uh, went to college, graduated, and I started uh, in marketing. I was on the agency side for 11 years. And during that time, you know, early uh, marriage and starting a family and stuff like that. And I um, ended up getting a really bad car accident. And and the physical therapy, uh, I ended up shattering my hip and I broke my neck. And it was like a big, like huge life-changing like arc for me. And after all the physical therapy and all the stuff and trying to, you know, pain med, paid meds and pain management and getting off of that stuff. Long story short, I went to the doctor and they were like, all right, well, you can work out. See you later. You're done with your part. Insurance didn't do it anymore. And I'm like, Okay, thank you for your help. And I didn't know what to do because I'd been an athlete. I played soccer growing up and I, you know, I was in every rec sport and intramurals and things like that. I didn't work out just to work out. I just played around. And when I couldn't do it anymore, not only did I gain weight, I just didn't know what to do. 
So a friend of mine said, hey, you got to try this thing called Camp Gladiator. It was in the city where I was in. Uh, I was in Waco, Central Texas at the time. And there's this, there's this really great trainer. You got to check it out. And at this time, I'm super nervous because I'm, you know, I'm a little nervous about my neck and my hip and all this stuff and the pain. But more than that, I hadn't been to a workout, never been to group fitness. And I go to an 8.30 a.m. class. Now, by the way, if you're listening, by and large, the people that go to 8.30 a.m. classes are super cute moms in Lululemon tights and not me. Okay, so it's just me and like 12 ladies that are like super cool. And I felt it was like junior high lunchroom. And I'm like, oh, no. And I'm the sweaty guy. It's like, hi, I'm new here. And I get so nervous and I'm thinking they're going to be so mean. And they were the nicest. I couldn't have been more wrong. They were the best, most encouraging, most helpful people. And gosh, all of a sudden, my fitness journey began again as an adult and a dad. And I figured out, man, I want to do this thing. So I ended up selling businesses and coming and moving my whole family to Austin, where the headquarters of CG is, because they needed some help with marketing. And it, now it's been seven years. And so we've been here ever since building business development and marketing and ways to make relationships with these great fitness industries. So that's kind of how I got here. And since then, it's been super fun. But um, that's that, yeah, my CG story is kind of a fun one. And Jenny Herring was my trainer. She's in Waco still. She's a superstar. So Jenny, if you're listening, you're the best. So that's awesome. When you come into a company, like from experiencing it first and being like, what is this? I want to be a part of it. It's a whole different animal than when you come in from the other side. That's so cool. Exactly. It, it was, it was really fun. So yeah, we, we have been growing as a company and, and Dan, I'll let you talk about, or, or I can explain what CG is at all. If, if people aren't familiar, but it's outdoor fitness bootcamp originally. And then the old, the old Covey, that's my nickname for her. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Um, we all had to go inside and we all had to go virtual and we all had to pivot and we all had to figure it out. And since then we've been able to continue to grow in our programming and what we do online and offering opportunities for trainers to be able to build a business of their own. And it's been really fun to see it grow over the last couple of years. Very cool. Yeah. Lots of opportunities still out there, but you're right. It just pivoted. It just changed a little bit. Right. Now, as far as sales go, Britt, there's lots of different resources out there online and books, right? Everybody out there in the world trying to sell you a, I can help you get more clients kind of thing. What do you teach at Camp Gladiator that, pe that people can get from you that might be different than what they can get like in a bookstore or online? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think there's, a, by the way, a million great books. Yeah. And you'll, you'll read them all and there's like probably a through line that could probably make its way for all of them. And you can take up little tidbits here and there that you learn from someone who kind of speaks your language and your style or your industry. Overall, I realize when I teach sales, most people are not naturally gifted salespeople. They just really care about what they're doing, especially in fitness. They just have this proclivity, this, this natural ability to just help people and they really care about them, but they don't know what to do when it comes to business and sales. And they're like, how can I take this passion and actually make it into something that can provide for my family? And they don't know how to connect the dots. And it's hard because in their lives, probably either on network TV, 
sitcoms or dorky TV shows or movies or whatever, you see the sales guy and he's like, like a trench coat. And he opens it up and he has watches on the inside, he's like, yeah. <laughs> like on the inside of the street or whatever. And I'm like, oh no, that's not a sales guy. I pray, I, I pray that's not true. But instead they have this negative connotation what sales is because they think they're convincing them of something or trying to trick them into something or trying to yeah. make them get out of their comfort zone. And we had to get out of that mindset at CG and say, do you believe that helping people unlock, not weight loss necessarily, I mean, a lot of people lead with that, but more than that, feeling like they are themselves. And do they feel confident? Do they feel like they're making a promise and keeping it? There is mental health and natural community that's built and all these awesome things that happen. If you believe in that, then you can sell what you're doing because it's not sales anymore. You, you have to be inspired to be able to convince someone else. And so if people say, you know what, I, I really do like that. Now it's just learning how to tell that story and then actually bring it to the focus. And, and there is training, there's practicals for that, but that's mainly the thing is them going back to the root of why are you doing this in the first place? Yeah. And it makes you feel like you're not trying to convince somebody, shoot them again, like, hey, buddy, let me get you into this Honda. You know, I don't want to be yeah. like right? So yeah. And what I know of Camp Gladiator, everything you're saying, Brett, makes sense for the way Camp Gladiator runs. Because every trainer that I know of that works with Camp Gladiator is super passionate, not only about fitness, not only about helping people, but about that company. And the way you guys present things and the culture that you guys have is tremendous. So there's, it, it's, I'm sure your job is a whole lot easier because these people already have bought in. They're, they're drinking the Kool-Aid already, but they're just like, how can I share this? They're, they're chomping at the bit to share it with more people, which is awesome. I love that. Thanks for saying that. I, I, I am uh, a drinker of said Kool-Aid and I also <laughs> um, make said Kool-Aid. Uh, it helps uh, that I'm both. <laughs> I'm not just a drinker, but I'm also a client. What is that, that old commercial where they do the hair plugs things? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Easy now. I'm investing in that. So, oh, oh it's my bad, Dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You look great. <laughs> so, you know, bro, you, you know, in, in the Camp Gladiator model, it, in, in many senses, it can be considered entrepreneurship because they're running their own businesses. Um, and we can talk more about the model here at the end. Um, provide definitely if we have time, I think it'd be great to tell the story of how it got its name. That's the one that I think is fun. Oh, um, but yeah. not everybody is a business owner. Now we tell trainers you have a business within a business. If they work in a club, you know, you actually are running a business, it's your business, but not everybody is what you might call a quote unquote business owner. How do you lead sales training for those folks? Yeah, uh, there's a buzzy um there's a business term that's kind of like popular, whatever right now. And you can like Google it. And there's a bunch of guys in like sport coats that are like, let me tell you about this thing. It's called entrepreneurship, which is just a dorky amalgam of a word. But the idea of entrepreneurship or business ownership or ownership mindset does not mean your name is on the deed of what you own or where you get your income from. If you own your work, if you say, um, how I put myself out there and what I do to earn income, whether it's salary, hourly, or commission, if I have the ownership of that and I hold that in high regard, then you are an entrepreneur or an intrapreneur, meaning my name might not be on the ownership stake of the percentage of what I'm doing, but I might still have that same passion the same way as if my name was on it. 
And if you have that mentality of your own work and not to be self and not saying you don't care about the others around you, but more saying, I really hold in high regard. If this is my own thing and I couldn't control anything outside of my little sphere, how would I own that and do it? And the cool thing with CG, what I love is that there might be someone in a neighborhood outside of a Metroplex or in a small town in Tennessee, which we have, and they're the only trainer there. Mm-hmm. So in this, in our camp, we call them campers instead of clients. Camp ladder, they're campers, right? Okay, you get me. But in our campers' eyes, CG might be like 40 people big because they yeah. only know one or two trainers and they see this community and they live within this you know, square mileage of where you go to school, grocery store, Target, Walmart, whatever it is, right? Gas station. And that is their whole world. And if, if CG operates, exists inside of that, they are the entrepreneur and they own that entire thing. So we try to say, hey, get the idea of like business mindset or ownership out of your head and just say, own it in the proverbial sense of like saying, this is yours, baby. Come on, let's go. This is yours. No one's going to tell you how to do this better than you. And that's kind of what we try to teach. I say teach, encourage us to remember that we probably already have that because we care about what we already are doing. Yeah, I really like that mindset, Britt, because there's a lot of people, again, if you're working for like a large club or a health club somewhere or somebody else's gym, for example, right? Sure, it's not yours. But if you change your mindset to say, no, no, what I'm doing here is 100% mine. mine. Like you said, my name might not be on the door, but this is mine. It changes everything about the way you present it, the way that you approach your day, right? You're less likely to walk in and be like, oh, grumble, 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 grumble. You know, you're right. more likely to come in like, okay, let's do this. I have work to do. I have things to accomplish. And we already see it. Even if you don't know it, you already do this because you say, oh, one of my clients, Mm-hmm. There's an ownership word that you naturally do because they're my, oh, that's, and then we also in a cutthroat environment, oh, that's mine. That's not yours. And then we almost like protect and like, you know, kind of put up the walls because there is an ownership. We got to make sure it's in a sustainable and reproducible way that's outside of kind of what might be normal in maybe a regular sales environment. Maybe you've gotten hurt by bad sales environments before. I, maybe I'm jumping ahead, but I just I want you to I want people to think that the attitude of ownership isn't bad mm-hmm. unless it's this thing that could be toxic. And I think that's what people maybe felt when it came to sales in the past. And that's what we want to try to flip on its head. The ownership value, like that feeling is so good. We got to make sure it's done in a positive and, and reproducible way. Does that help? Absolutely. Yeah. So speaking of that, like when we talk about value and culture and like the environment that you're in, sales does kind of have a reputation of being a little bit cutthroat and a little bit aggressive and, and, you know, all the things that you said, you know, open up your coat and here's a bunch of watches, come over here to this alley. <laughs> right. Let me see if I can sell you one of these cash only. Right. It has that, that connotation. How do you combat <laughs> that with teams? Like outside of, you know, teaching them this ownership piece, is there anything else you can do to combat that? Yeah. It's weird. It takes the same muscle to be a hardcore sales guy, to also be aggressive in sales. Like, I mean, like you could be a amazing salesperson with the best attitude, but that probably same muscle also makes you a little bit aggressive. So it's weird to kind of shut off part of that. Like I said, that ownership is a good thing, but if you've never been taught that I can trust the people around me, maybe all of us together can actually grow. And then, you know, that old saying, rising tide floats all boats. If we mm-hmm. all, whoa, but look at us, we're all doing this together. We wanted to 
find a way where we can build that inside of our ecosystem or, or train it and have teammates around us instead of every time you win, I don't have that feeling in my like deeper, like my knower. That's what I call it. Dorky. Sorry. <laughs> like in my knower where it says, oh, if you won, I must have lost. Yeah. People call it jealousy. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's jealousy. I think it's like this feeling of like, oh, what am I? Uh oh, am I? Should I have? Uh-oh. And that kind of gut check is probably something we should learn to listen to when it comes to sales. Because if you go, man, I'm so excited for you. What did you do? Can you teach me? Yeah. Because there's probably someone that they can introduce you to, or you can find ways to cross, help, over, serve, and love each other. And this this sounds kumbaya, playing guitar by the fire. Okay, I'll, I'll stop you there. I'm not meaning to do that, but more saying I've seen it work. Mm-hmm. people can actually learn and have that. If you have that attitude, yeah, you're right. You could probably get taken advantage of it if someone's trying to get you in sales. Man, I'd rather risk it and have a team that is actually supporting each other. We can actually grow this thing whole together. And that's what I've seen. At, yeah, it's so fun to watch it happen. And yeah. people they just maybe they've never heard it. And that's what they can actually build. Here we go, guys. Time for another ISSA rapid review. Brandon had this to say about the online coaching certification. This is the sixth course I've completed with ISSA. The value for the money is unbeatable. The quality of the course is very impressive. The exam was scored immediately and I knew instantly that I had obtained a passing score. I like that after each course completion, I get a call from a student support specialist to inquire about anything I might need. I'm part of the ISSA family for life. Welcome to the family, Brandon. Yeah, I love that. Again, whether you work for the same company or say you're an independent trainer, right? And there's other trainers in your area. You're not in that area where you're the only one. I tell people all the time and I do it myself, like get to know the other trainers in your area, introduce yourself, go, go watch them train, get to know how they train because at some point you're going to fill up, right? And you're not going to be able to take that client, but you're going to say, I know exactly who would be great for you. Let me get you over to Britt because he specializes in this. They're going to do the same thing to you. Hey, my group is full. I have this person who really wants to train. I told them to come to you. Here's their phone number, right? It ends up being reciprocal and you have to make sure that you guys are out there and you have to build that community with each other. I love that. And how good that does that make you feel? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I'm i not threatened by cycling when it comes to CG. Unless you ride your bike to camp, you're not doing cycling. We're not a cycling place. So, I mean, yeah. to me, we're not even in competition. I've told this to Dan before and he laughed. We laughed a lot together. But I think CG's biggest competition is Starbucks and Netflix. Yeah. Right. Not just what we spend our money on, but how we spend our time. And Mm -hmm. I'm guilty and guilty as charged. But I, (laughs) I really feel like if you see some of these other groups, I mean, people are like, well, CrossFit wants to do this. So we probably can't do it. I'm like, I love CrossFit. You know, their community is amazing, man. And they do a little bit lifting. We don't do that stuff, man. They're amazing at what they do. I've had so many people have amazing experiences there. Okay. Because somebody's wife or husband or friend doesn't like that and they really want something like CG, they're like, yeah, man, you should talk to Britt. Man, my friend Jenny is an amazing trainer. You should do this again. I've said amazing nine times. If anybody has a tally, let's just say ding, 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 ding. I don't know. <laughs> don't do that. But um, yeah, I think there's this place where you have to teach that because it, it is not a natural thing for us to do when it comes to thinking about sales. Sales is normally like, I'm going to get mine and I'm going to eat what I kill and it's going to be great. There's a lot of books about that. And you can still have that hard work and ethic of work behind it, but it's got to come with something else. 
Agreed. Well, I, I got to tell you, Brett, I think I cracked the code then on the, the whole Netflix and exercise thing. Because, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Because uh, at, at least three nights a week, I'm out on my trainer, my bike. Okay, the bike. Watching Netflix, huh? Take that. Take <laughs> you that, also huh? do it at the same time. Yes, absolutely. How else do you sit on a stationary bike for an hour? Okay, stationary. I'm glad you said that because then I'm yeah. like, I'm not watching and watching Netflix. It's bad news bears. It's very dangerous. Uh, all Safety right. first, bro. Another <laughs> rabbit hole. Okay. So uh, now I think we, we no, no podcast is complete without mentioning we're in a post-COVID era or time or whatever yeah, you yeah. want to call it. That influences, you know, across the board. And in fact, one of my favorite sayings by Brian Grasso, who was uh, on our podcast uh, uh, earlier this year, is uh, that the, the pandemic didn't create problems, it exposed them. Mm. So uh, just going to plug Brian in that saying, because I love it. But I'll let him know. <laughs> yeah. In that theme, in that in that theme, what are you saying to, to trainers or to fitness professionals who are saying, you know what, I'm having a harder time now than I was before the pandemic? What kind of uh, insight do you give them or encouragement or advice? Yeah, um, that's a really good question because when you get asked that question, you you have to do that like mental math of going, am I going to be super encouraging to them or am I going to hold their feet to the fire a little bit? There's not many people post-COVID that care less about their role in fitness. And there's not many people I know that have, that believe that the world needs fitness less than pre-COVID. Mm -hmm. So those things are true, right? The only thing that I think has changed a lot is maybe our attitude and outlook on our role. If I, if I ask someone straight up, hey, are you working harder now than you were before COVID? And if they really look at the time math in their head, they're like, well, probably not. And I'm like, well, I'm no Professor Snape, but that potion don't mix up for me, baby. Okay, so it doesn't work. If that doesn't happen, if you're not putting the same amount of time and you're expecting more profit as an entrepreneur, I, I mean, I would love for that to happen, but it just, it's a unicorn experience for you to put in less work and diligence and preparation and expect more profit. Mm -hmm. So the people that I've seen that have thrived is because they're doing something that probably they were already doing really well before COVID. They're putting in the individualization with their clients. They're taking care of them. They're doing the little things that go above and beyond to encourage, care, follow-up. Fortune's in the follow-up. We talk about that a lot in sales. Oh. I use this real fast. Like It's my dorky analogy. I love baseball. So if you don't love baseball, it's fine. I'll explain this. I'm not going to lose you, okay, <laughs> if you're listening. So in baseball, the probably biggest KPI or key performance indicator is batting average, okay? The best in the world, Ty Cobb back in the 20s, right? Or the best ever Hall of Famers bat a little around 300. Meaning every time they go to the plate, three out of 10 times, they are going to get a hit. If I came home in, in junior high with a 30 on a test, my mom would whip my butt. Okay. <laughs> so I'm thinking 30 is a fail. And in this you know, multi-billion dollar industry, a 30 is amazing and is Hall of Fame worthy. And I think I want people to see, change your rubric for how you do sales and say, if you contact 10 people and you have meaningful, intentional, caring communication with them, 
And if three out of 10 of them become your client for a month, six months, two years, 10 years, I don't care, you're Hall of Fame numbers. Yeah. Back 300. And at that point, that means you don't give up if you hear seven no's in a row. Mm-hmm. Because if I contact 50 people, then I know for a fact 15 of those will probably be my client relationship management, meet them to introduce me to the next person, to introduce them to the next person, to get them as a client, you know, that kind of thing, where I had to split the script on how I understood my numbers. And it made me feel like no's and um, disappointment became a three out of 10 feeling more than a get a 70 on the test and it's still a C. And yeah. that has to be like my biggest, like, ching, 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 like recalibrate the brain on me thinking about sales in the future from a, from a number standpoint. Yeah. And that's super smart. And that's awesome that you relate it to sports. Volleyball is the same way. If sure. as a hitter, your hitting average, your hitting percentage, um, if you hit a 200 in a match, like, especially over the course of a season, you're smoking it. Like, right. you know, exactly. Cause you're doing the year. volume <laughs> and you're seeing the value of the volume that you do. Yeah. If you only did four hits a year and you got a 20%, you're like, uh-oh. Then you struggle. <laughs> but if yeah. you have 600 hits a year and you got a 20%, it's like, oh, what up? Let's go. You know, exactly. Yeah. You get me. Absolutely. So in your experience with Camp Gladiator, are there any like specific traits, like two or three consistent traits that you've seen in trainers that have been really successful? And we're not necessarily talking about that training side. We're still talking about that sales right. side. What kind of okay. traits have you seen in successful people with Camp Gladiator as far as it comes to sales and building their business? Um, can I adjust that to be not just CG? And yeah, just, oh yeah, you know, in general, absolutely. Okay? I think people really think... Uh, can I be for real, for real? Okay, I'm not going to hurt feelings. I hope not. Okay, I'm going to get, I'm going to get a, a Let it rip, Brett, let it I rip. Um, I, think, I feel like a lot of people think they're hard workers. I think they want to look like they are working hard, but I don't think a lot of people are hard workers. I'm not talking about time. I'm talking about the hard work you do. Because if you dig, a, if you dug a ditch for four hours, that's a lot of hard work and it's probably enough for a day. But if you kind of sat around and did this and, drink a coffee and made this and then called somebody and text somebody and looked at this and watched the show. And then you, it like you could waste six to eight hours. Sure. And I, I feel like hard work is something we have to redefine in, in our culture. And uh, that is not coming from someone who is a self-proclaimed hardest worker. I, I used to think I was I probably just my pride. And then I got to like an all-star team and I'm like, oh no, I'm middle of the, the, the road on this. And I just learned. And there's also a balance with work-life balance and health and family and those things too. But if you really work hard for eight hours, you can get a lot done. Sure. And if this is your career, plug in a true 40 hours. Don't include your lunch break. Don't include your coffee. Don't include, you know, watching this funny YouTube video from your friend and you actually plug in every day. That's the biggest one. When that happens, it opens up a world of options to understand your weaknesses and your strengths and understands how we're our, um, our success, not just from the money we have, but from the lives that we influence. It, it opens up, um, it opens up an opportunity for you to actually take stock in if if the constant is, I know I worked really hard and something isn't working, then you can go, all right, now I can really identify it because it's not just me not getting it done. 
And if those are the starting place, if that's the cornerstone that you built everything else off of, then I felt like I have felt like it has been the most successful. I've been personally and seen other people be successful. And also it's a good reason to go, man, I'm not doing really well. And something's funky and it's weird and it's off. And I'll go back to myself and go, let's look at my calendar. Am I really working my best? And if the answer is no, I know the first thing to change. Everything else can kind of roll, the dominoes fall in order for me to do that wisely. And um, that's probably been my most probably simple, but also the most encouraging and um, hold me accountable uh, advice that I've ever received. And I'm not the leader of it, but man, I've gotten that from great leaders above me and that have taught me over the years. Absolutely. I'm over here like preach because we've had so yeah. many people on this podcast. We had Shannon Fable talking about scheduling. We've had Brian Grasso on here talking about a lot of this stuff. You're you're echoing things like you just said. Of oh, good. Great leaders and some very, very successful fitness professionals. So you guys, it just goes all back to say like, it's not new. It's not novel, right? This stuff works. So if you do it, if you apply it, you will see success. 100%. And ask somebody else around you. Be like, mm -hmm. hey, do you think I'm working my best. And if you, they're really honest, they'll go, no, nah, man, you're wasting time here. I love yeah. you, but I think you can be more successful. And it's like, oh, snap, that's good. And those are the people you need around you. You know, those are the people that you need to help you get your business better. So this is some of the, the, the best, if not the best in your face. Here's what's going on. You know, advice that we've heard. And uh, Madison, our producer is in the background here. And uh, I suspect we're going to have some some little clips that that, that that we can use out of that. Hey, another, get off your butt and do something. You know, come on, quit whining that the world isn't lining up for you. Actually do something about it. So, yes, I'm liking that. So, Brent, the best you, traders in the world are still successful. <laughs> and they have one thing in common. They're it's, not their, it's, it's not what they look like on Instagram. It's how hard and how much they care for people. So uh, I love it. I think that's the big thing. So Brett, I know you do uh, speaking engagements and Brett also does stand up comedy. Little fun mm -hmm. fact. Love uh, it. And, and you lead sell, you know, you lead sell strategy for uh, Camp Gladiator and so forth. What's the best way for our listeners to be able to connect with you, to learn more from you or to learn more about Camp Gladiator? Yeah, for sure. So, um, of course, check out campgladiator.com. Uh, just like it sounds. Gladiator is a fun one because it's like you have to spell it in your head. But um, you can click on become a trainer. You can learn about what we do from a trainer side. And then also just check out what we do from a camper side, just what the experience is, what the culture is, all that stuff. Um, for me, I'm Brit. It's like Brittany without the knee. B-R-I-T-T <laughs> at campgladiator.com or Brit Knighton is my name at Gmail. That's an easy one, easy one if you just forget. Um I do, I do, I teach the Enneagram, which is a personality test. Uh, we, we talk about leading through stress and change. We talk about uh, sales, of course, but more than that, I mean, just, it's, I love teaching teams to recognize what they already have that's doing well and hopefully just pivot a little bit so that trajectory can continue to do really well. And it's one of my passions that I love. So um, I just really thank you guys for the opportunity to do this. This is really fun. Yeah, thank you for coming and sharing some insights and, and just driving home some points. And to Dan's point, like it is, it has to be in your face, right? We can't sugarcoat this. This is what you need to do. And to your point as well, Britt, like not everybody works as hard as they think they do. 
Maybe we just need to take stock, question mark. And it's not a dig at anybody. It's not saying you're not doing what you need to do if you're not successful or you're not getting the sales that you need. It's maybe, hey, reevaluate what you're doing and maybe try something different, right? Because the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. So whether it's pre-COVID, post-COVID, COVID, um, <laughs> or you know somewhere in between, like the successful people are doing more of the same, the same stuff that they were doing before. Right. You just got it. If you weren't doing that stuff before, maybe it's time to start. So I love it. Great message. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. I, I I can't tell you how much I really love the alignment with what we do at CG or just personally with what ISSA really cares about. Um, y'all aren't just trying to sell certs to other people. It's how can we make sure that you're bettering your education, being more effective? Because that's really how you make a difference in people's lives. And it's it's fun to see it reproduce itself. And we've been as an organization, a benefit beneficiary of that over the last couple of years. And so thanks. Y'all are awesome. Absolutely. Thank you, Brett. All right, bud. Yeah. See you guys later. So much for joining us. And Dan, any last words for you guys, these guys as we wrap up today? I'm going to, I just going to repeat what Brett said. And that is if you, you know, if you think you're working really hard, maybe take a step back, look at your schedule, look at what you accomplish and ask yourself, am I really working hard? And you don't, to Britt's point, you don't have to kill yourself. You don't have to sacrifice family or any of the other things, but are you putting in the time that's going to get you the result? Yes. And take a look at that answer. King stock. I love it. And with that, you guys, I think that is a mic drop moment. And we remind you, of course, go out there, be fruitful, do all the things that you need to do. You guys go blow up this year. We're still in the beginning of this year. You have all the time in the world to finish this out. Um, get to work. Let us know how you do. Shoot us a message on Facebook, whatever. Share your stories, guys. Help other people, right? They always say reach back and help somebody else to where you are. Um, do that. And that's what our community is all about. But of course, we encourage you guys to go out there, be fruitful, and make good choices. We'll be talking to you soon. Yeah.